Mark Zuckerberg has a poster that says, done is be better than perfect. Now, mm. listen to me. Am I a perfect speaker? No, I just, you just heard me stutter like three times in the past five seconds. So do I care about it? Not really. You know why? Because I'm here telling you to push through that. Because if you let every single speed bump become a wall, you will stop in your progress in life. Instead, recognize most of the walls you have in your mind, they're actually speed bumps. So we flip the script on it. We're going to rewrite your DNA in your brain and say, you know what? Uh, let's turn walls into speed bumps. You acknowledge them, you slow down, be careful, and you move on. And you keep going forward. Hey, it's Chuck here, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. And I just want to take this quick moment right now to let you know about our free collaborators toolkit. And this episode is all about partnership and collaboration. And our guests share many resources, tools, and things that you can use to make collaboration and partnership easier in your business. So if you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, this free collaborators toolkit is going to contain the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. And these tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for. And they're going to help you to solve everyday business challenges and access highly effective ideas that can help and grow your business exponentially. I know they've helped me and I know they're going to help you as well. And the best part about these tools is that they're completely free. And our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to the show. So you can get access to all of the resources contained inside the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting the website at www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Go ahead and register today, get access to all the resources, and I'm going to see you on the inside. Now, here's the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Chuck Anderson here, and uh, I've got another amazing guest for you. And, you know, look, if you have ever struggled with confidence or putting yourself out there, uh, whether it be just taking on life or building a business or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And from time to time, uh, you know, when we're on this journey, sometimes there's the things that hold us back. Uh, sometimes it's things from our past or our youth or whatever that uh, get in there and they get into our heads and they 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 cause a little bit of um, you know that that little bit of freeze that little bit of hey can I do this uh, some fear a lot of that and you know that is something if we're really going to achieve some great results in life uh, we we're always striving to break through them and my guest here today is uh, a great example of breaking through and doing some amazing things. And I'm always uh, curious to see what okay. he's going to do next. Uh, I have Raja Vida here with me today. Raja, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Hello, Chuck. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. 
So listen, you know, I just built you up a little bit, but, you know, uh, and and I don't want to butcher your introduction. So I'm going to let you introduce uh, yourself to everyone. Let, let everybody know who you are and, uh, you know, um, what you do. And then, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, confidence and breaking through limitations and transformation, because I know you've got a lot of great stuff to share on all of that. Certainly. Well, here's what I I give to people who who want to introduce me on stage. Okay, next up from the fighting city of Philadelphia, the kickboxing opera singing cancer scientist from Philly, Rocky Balboa can't stand toe to toe to this guy, the amazing Raja Vadia. And that would be me walking on stage. <laughs> and probably <laughs> my, my theme song walking on would probably be, be the uh, Rocky theme song or maybe Eye of the Tiger. Nice. Uh, just because. Um, I really think that, you know, I've had to fight for every step of my life. And I think that a lot of people have been in my shoes out there where, you know, life's a struggle and life's not fair. And so whatever hand that you've been dealt, you got to learn to play it. And uh, I think sometimes you have to realize also, sometimes because the game is rigged against it, sometimes you got to learn how to uh, sway the game into your favor. So there's a lot of tips and mind hacks and strategies that you can use to help you to understand that the game, you know, don't hate the game, right? Hate the players. So either be a good player, but you can't hate the game because in the game of life, you only got one life to live and that is yours to live. You know, that is so true. And I got to say that uh, early days, you, you know, in, yeah. in my childhood, uh, that was a really difficult thing to accept. There was all the external things that happen, mm -hmm. uh, relationship, the way people treat you. Uh, but, but absolutely, uh, you know, after, you know, 30 years of being an entrepreneur and taking myself on, uh, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. And I think Raja, this is why we get along so well, because mm -hmm. <laughs> we just embrace yeah. so many, uh, of the same values. And it's like, it's like what we were saying before the episode here, it's like, what's yeah. next? What new challenge can I take on next? What new thing can I do? And um, I love how you describe yourself uh, with that. And absolutely, the Rocky theme is perfect for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Would that be fun? Yeah. Um, and Chuck, I mean, just, just I only got started in this entrepreneurial journey. I mean, really shortly uh, or, or like really recently. Uh, um, I, in 2015, I was in a head-on car crash. And, uh, you know, you can't tell as much anymore, but I lost a chunk of my hair right here and I I glass in my head for six months. I couldn't turn my head to the left for two and a half years. And during this time, what do I, I, I decide to do? I do seven triathlons and I raise uh, over uh, $30,000 for the uh, cancer center at CHOP. So uh, don't let anybody tell you that, you know, you may have limitations. I definitely still have limitations, but it's not what the average person thinks. People think out of 10,000 things, now you're blocked out of 9,000 things. When actually, maybe you're only blocked out of 10, and you still have the other 9,990 things that you can do with your life to create an amazing impact for others. You know, take it from the, take it from the speaker that can't talk right. I, it wasn't until more recently I got my own speech impediment under control, and, I, and you will still hear me uh, get tripped up on my words. I still have trouble with my L's, my M's, my W's. Sometimes I can't say my name because I get stuck on my R's, you know? kind of embarrassing, you know, because people ask you, what's your name? I say, R -R 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 and, and they just, 
and they just look at you funny. And automatically, it doesn't matter what I've done in my whole life, they're like, I don't want to talk to this guy. And, and, and that's the hardest thing about trying to live with a speech handicap is that you don't realize growing up even, and Chuck and I, um, like we talked about this before, uh, one of the things I would love to change is the, is the stigma about how people with speech impediments are seen. Because if you go to Hollywood, they're either the uh, villain or the fool, right? Even the most recent Star Wars movie, like Benicio Del Toro's character, is he's a smuggler, and he, he has like a, a bit of a stutter. And as soon as they saw him, I said, oh, great, he's going to betray the, uh, the uh, good guys. And, and this is me seeing the, seeing the movie the first time in the theater. And then my friends next to me, they're like, what? what do you, how do you know that? You haven't seen this before. I said, just watch, because I know Hollywood, because I know how they treat this particular handicap. And guess what he does? He betrays the good guys in the movie. I said, see? So where are our role models? So anyway, uh, I went off on a tangent there, but that's something that I think I just feel passionately about, and I just want to make sure that people know about that, that um, you know, uh, stuttering is kind of like the unspoken handicap in a way, because people either kind of don't see it or they don't think it's as serious as other handicaps when it truly is. It's, it's right up there. You know, I'm glad you actually did bring that up because, you know, from one public speaker to another, yeah, I can think about what my journey was in mm-hmm. terms of overcoming my stage fright. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have a speech impediment. Yeah. I just cared so much about how people saw me. And, uh, you know, it came from, you know, a childhood of being ridiculed and bullied. So uh, and teachers telling you that you're wrong for having certain ideas. And so I'd always second guess every idea that I had. And when I first got opportunities to speak in front of groups of people and to get on stage, I had to be perfect. It was all about perfection. And and so it was almost like. I was reading a script and I would get so nervous mm-hmm. and uh, just any opportunity to be in front of people because I didn't want to look bad. And if I did look bad, I didn't want anyone to tell me that I looked bad because that would have triggered everything that I had gone through before. Now, it was quite a journey and a process for me to overcome that. And that's without speech impediment. And now mm-hmm. you, I mean, you've probably spoken on more stages than I have. I know you certainly talking about more uh, virtual events and podcasts in the last year than I have, uh, you know, what was that journey like for you? Like, you know, did, did it hold you back at first and in terms of getting on stage or, or was it more just like, I'm just going to overcome this? Like, what was, what was that actual journey like for you? Well, Chuck, one of the things I found out early in the year was that, uh, I was getting a little bored. I have my own, a victory mindset Academy and I train my own clients and, uh, and I, w- I would do a weekly training for them. And, and, and most of them are entrepreneurs. We're trying to, trying to play the online affiliate marketing game. And some of them had a good success, some didn't. And, you know, so every week I'd have a training on how to write sales copy, how to use an autom- uh, how to use an automated uh, uh, responder, how to set up your email sequences, um, how to use Camtasia, how to, uh, you know, so how do you uh, use uh, Canva to create a beautiful, uh, Facebook ad or whatever. And then, but at some point I wanted to get more people on my show. I, I wanted to introduce experts who are good in that space. 
And then I found out about this place, place called Speakers Playhouse and that kind of got me started. And I found out, wow, there's all these people that have podcasts that are looking for speakers. I had no idea, no idea. So back in June, July, I'm doing one show a week. Starting in August, I said, you know what? People are doing, you know, 100 shows in a year. They're charging people a lot of money for it. What if I just do it on my own and I just kind of do it in, in, in half the time? Just because I am just figured, you know, two times a week is 100 a year. Well, four times a week, that's, that's only one a day, really. It's not too hard, right? So uh, I drew my line in the sand. And even with my, uh, even with my stuttering, I told everybody, I'm going to try to do 100 stages in under six months. And so since I started the first week of August, that was what, August till, till until the end of December. Um, unfortunately, I didn't do it in six months. I did it in less than four months. And I actually did 140 in 123 days. And in the last month, just to see where my systems and automations would break, I did 22 interviews uh, in a seven-day span just to see if I could do it. And uh, what an amazing experience because now by me becoming this really fine-tuned host, fine-tuning my systems, my automations, my VA team, and you know, understanding how to prep a guest and how to really make them feel comfortable. I, I've had uh, several guests who on you know, an hour before, three hours before, on the day of the show, they say, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I can't do this. I said, don't worry. I know how to handle this. You just trust me. You come on the show. I'll take care of you. And they came on and they had a great show. And those are those skills you don't learn by doing your first show or your 10th or your 50th. You kind of learn it along the way. And that whole journey really empowered me to say, you know what? Um, as a result of that, uh, I launched a new program called Aim Higher. And that led me to help other people to launch their shows. So now they can become the amazing host. So then that way, being that amazing host, um, that you can become reaching that potential that allows other people to say, Oh, wow, I want that person on my show. So all of a sudden now I get 60% of the people on my show. And then about 40%, I get referred to automatically. I don't chase anybody anymore. So that journey in the beginning was me chasing everybody. Oh, come on my show. Come on my show. Please come on my show. Now it's like I'm on 15 to 18 calls a week to try to fill six slots a week. And, you know, and originally it was only 10. You know, it still was 10 a week and, you know, but now it's automated, you know, so now this is the fun part, the easy part. Most of the hard work is done for me. So now I just enjoy it and I meet some amazing people, Chuck. Yeah, well, and and uh, I believe you because I have met some <laughs> amazing people also uh, through this journey. Well, uh, it, I met you through this journey uh, as well. So it is um it's certainly something that, you know, when you take something like this on, it opens you up and it uh, connects you with people and opportunities that wouldn't have normally been there. Uh, and, you know, let's let's go back to, you know, let episode one for a moment, you know, that first <laughs> opportunity, because because this yeah. is where, you know, we want to help people with their transformation. And it's like. If yeah. they're thinking, oh, one day I'll get on stage or one day I will try to get on uh, podcasts. And, you know, that one day I think is now. Like if, if you is. haven't already done it, the it's one day like, was yesterday. how do you do it? Yes, exactly. How, <laughs> how can you get on get on one this week? What 
Tell us a little bit about what was that feeling before you did your first one from the time where you kind of got the idea that you maybe wanted to do it. And uh, and then to the point where you had either worked up the courage or at least uh, decided that you're going to do it uh, just so that we can inspire people on on what that's like, because, you know, what 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 was that process for you uh, in terms or what were some of the things that came up? Right. And then what was your process to, you know, kind of get through it? Well, first of all, in the first 50, I made so many mistakes. So uh, here's the first thing I will tell you is that be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are so comfortable being kind of stuck where we are. We don't want to move, you know, and our brain is hardwired to stay in our comfort zone. So this is the reason why when we watch when we watch amazing feats of strength or we watch amazing sports events or something in the Olympics, you know, things inspire us because we we can't imagine, wow, look at that person going beyond, you know, when Carl Lewis first, you know, broke a 10-second mile or a 10-second 100 meter or or when like Usain Bolt, <laughs> who's the fastest man on earth now, or when um, or when like a R- R- Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile back in 1956. All these things were mind shifts because people thought that, that it wasn't possible. But on the headquarters of, of like a Facebook um, Mark Zuckerberg has a poster that says, done is be- better than perfect. Now, mm. listen to me. Am I a perfect speaker? No. I just You just heard me stutter like three times in the past five seconds. So do I care about it? Not really. You know why? Because I'm here telling you to push through that. Because if you let every single speed bump become a wall, you will stop in your progress in life. Instead, recognize most of the walls you have in your mind, they're actually speed bumps. So we flip the script on it. We're going to rewrite your DNA in your brain and say, you know what? Uh, let's turn walls into speed bumps. You acknowledge them, you slow down, be careful, and you move on. And you keep going forward. Right? I just watched an amazing a documentary about the uh, Mars uh, uh, rovers, uh, the uh, the. Uh, was it the uh, spirit and the uh, opportunity were the two big uh, rovers and and the opportunity rover who they call Oppy, you know, was supposed to last ninety days, and it lasted fifteen years. And on its very last year, it discovered one of the most breakthrough events in the history of mankind, humankind. Let me rephrase that, and that is that. There were rocks on there that were actually shaped by neutral pH water. So that means that there was proof of water, which means potentially proof of life on Mars. So, Raja, I wanted to ask you, like, yeah. what's your what's driving you to do this? So what was the purpose? I mean, because I look, I've had conversations with uh, other people with um uh, whether it be a limitation or a disability or whatever. And sometimes that can be used as a reason not to do something. Oh, yeah. It really sounds like you're using this as a reason to do something, and which is really, really cool. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, what's driving you forward to to really take this on? Well, part of it is is just my children. I see what they're going through. Uh, my son is on the ASD spectrum. And so... You know, people have already tried to to, to marginalize him, and I and I tell him every single day, son, you know, you can do anything in the world, right? You can do anything you want. And so he actually wrote a horror novel when he was 
well, when he was 10 years old. Started as a, like a one paragraph or a one page little short story for Halloween. And then he decided, you know what, let me just make it into a story. So he made a whole story out of it. And now he has three other books that he wants to write alongside with it. I said, oh my God, Evan, this is amazing. He could be the next Stephen King. And he's freaking like, like, I couldn't believe it. I read the first page and I said, this came out of the mind of a 10 year old. It was incredible. So when I do the things I do now, I think, you know, my kids are watching. What is the example that I want to leave for them? You know, and I'm not thinking about legacy or long distance or anything. I'm just thinking like, if they see me doing something, what's the example I want to give them right now? And, you know, I, my neck is still hurt from my accident. I'm still going to the gym in the mornings in hopes that one day something will fix this and I'll be able to get back to uh, kickboxing and sparring again. But I'm still teaching karate after, after like 37 years. Um, you know, I was head instructor for my teacher for 25 years. And in the past uh, seven years after that, I opened up my own karate school. My kids were in my karate school. Last year, I had to close it because of my neck injury. And, but now I'm taking my son back to my uh, teacher's school. And he's still training. And I show by example. So really, the thing that drives me is like, I want to show my kids by example that, look, you know, the idea behind any parent is not that we're perfect, but we continually try to add something to our lives. And if your children see that, they know that it's not about the, like it says in the Constitution, it's not about reaching that happiness, but it's the pursuit of happiness and lifelong pursuit of happiness. And that's something that I want to instill in them every single day. Amazing. Uh, and, you know, that's something that drives me forward as well. I have four kids and Ooh, I, I agree. You. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I only have two. <laughs> well, so got, my my wife fun as I did all the work, uh, <laughs> right? So I can only take so much credit for it. But uh, yeah, it's I always describe them as being my best teachers. But, you know, mm -hmm. they're also my best motivators because, you know, in my 20s, everything I did was out of my own motivation for things I wanted yep. for me. And now in my fifties, uh, it's, I do things because I want a better life for them. And, yeah. and, and it's quite frankly, what's driven me for a long time in my business is that I want my clients to have a better life for themselves. And, you know, I think this is why I asked you about that why and that driving that purpose. And I'm, I'm glad you answered that the way you did, because I, I think family and our relationships are really the reasons why any of us do anything. I mean, whether it be to write a book or mm -hmm. start a podcast or speak on stage or start a business or whatever it is. I mean, these are the reasons why we do things. It's usually there's usually some relationship in our life. That yeah. is driving that forward. And so, um, so listen, I, hopefully, you yeah. know, people who are listening into this are inspired to take that next step. And I mean, if you've been thinking about putting yourself out there and you haven't been, go book yourself on a podcast, uh, go find a stage to, to get on. Raja and I know lots of places where you yeah, can do we that. And we'll link to, yes, exactly. And we're going to stop we'll, trying to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll link to Speaker's Playhouse right you know, in, in the show notes and yep. right beneath this video. Go check that out. That's where Raja and I met. But Raja, I wanted to ask you, like if somebody wants to take the next step and they've been nervous about it, uh, but they're listening to this going, you know what? 
you know, if these two guys can do it, I can do it too. Uh, what advice would you give them for taking this on and, and starting to put their voice and their message out there? Well, number one is just watch a couple different podcasts. Watch different types of speakers, different types of entertainers, different types of shows. Watch comedians and watch how they connect with an audience. Um, I just watched uh, Jeff uh, Dunham, and he has the uh, puppets, and, and, you know, watching how he connects with an audience. And as much as I like the comedy, I'm also looking at, you know, from a speaker's perspective, I'm sharpening my sword daily. I'm learning from many different areas, and you can do that too. You can be, see, see a lot of people, I think, and, and don't take this the wrong way, uh, you start out as a dry sponge, right? Where when you pour water over a dry sponge, well, well what happened? It kind of rolls off, right? Because that's, you're just not quite coachable yet. So you kind of have to start to kind of drip that knowledge on there. And once you get that damp sponge, now the water can be really easily absorbed, right? And now my scientific mind takes over because then now uh, the amount of information that you can take in becomes limitless because, you know, we, our brains work at such a rate that the faster we take in information, the, just the more you're going to learn. Did you know that your brains actually think at about 450, 475 words a minute, but we can only speak at about 125, 150. So your brain is thinking three times faster than your mouth can speak. That was one of the strategies I was told uh, during speech therapy. Roger, your brain is thinking too fast and your mouth can't catch up. Slow down your speech and you'll be able to speak more fluently. And I hated that, but it worked. So was I coachable or not? Well, in the beginning, I was not coachable. But when I started to actually take advantage of those strategies and say, yes, different strategies work at different times. So now I'm able to speak a lot more fluently because I'm taking advantage of these strategies. See, now I let you in on the secret. So now you just saw my secret sauce. That is mm -hmm. one of the strategies I do. And you're thinking, whoa, that was so cool. I said, yeah, that's one of a thousand different things that you can do to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about just about speech disabilities or any kind of any kind of other challenges that people have. It is simply about people put self-limiting beliefs on yourselves. And we are taught this by our culture, our society, our education, our family, uh, by our coworkers, our friends. And the hardest thing to do is to change. And growth is still change. So in the beginning, growth feels uncomfortable, feels unnatural, but on the other side of that growth lies your greatest success. And you really have to break out of that box of fear that you've been trapped in. And that's really what I help you help people with. So, um, yeah. well, you know, you sure do. And I, and thank you, by the way, for giving away part of your secret sauce. I don't know if that's <laughs> all of your secret sauce, but it's definitely part of it. Speaking yeah. of which, I do know that mm -hmm. you have a, a free download, the uh, speakers uh, for speakers confidence. Can you tell the folks a little bit more about that? Because we're going to we're going to put a link to it beneath this video and uh, in the podcast show notes so people can get that and learn from you. I think they can learn a lot from you, Raja. So absolutely. So and they've already learned a few things just now, but I know you've got a lot more to offer. So well, tell us a little bit what's in that and then uh, we'll make sure we tell everyone to click the link here. Indeed. So I, uh, well, when I worked at Johnson & Johnson, I've been a cancer scientist for 25 years. My last 11 years, I worked at, at uh, Johnson & Johnson making multi-billion dollar drugs. 
at I didn't like to give talks or to to you know to give presentation to my lab or to like the large group of 200 oncologists you know I was really really shy and about six years ago when I joined Toastmasters now I practice speaking and I got evaluated and I learned from it and then I just took it and just kept on improving and that eventually led to me starting these uh, speaker confidence workshops at Johnson & Johnson and it being a fortune fortune 50 company 130 million employees worldwide um, you know it I started to gain some clout from it because my first year I had 20 people signed up and 40 uh, joined on then I had 80 the next year and then I had 150 and then 300 so this has been proven already at a fortune 50 company and I won an Inspire Award for it for changing company culture. So this speaker confidence workshop, I do this twice a month, alternating Tuesdays per month. So you can just click on the link and you can find out is the first Tuesday or the third Tuesday generally. And if you have an off month, it might change. It's okay. Uh, but just check out which, which date works for you and, uh, and come beyond there. It'll, it's about an hour or so long. And you will learn the how, the when, or the how, the what, and the why of how to create an engaging speech. And when you look engaging, you have confidence because now you're connecting with people, not because of data, because any salesperson will tell you, you know, facts tell, but stories sell, right? And I'm not trying to sell you anything. This is free. This is your opportunity to learn how to connect with your fellow human being. This is something that up until five years ago, I didn't know how to do. If somebody told me five years ago, hey, you're going to be a like international speaker. You're going to be an amazing podcaster. You're going to have a book and a movie. And, and uh, oh, my God, I have a next week. I have a book coming out on Times Square. I never thought any of this was possible. But the whole point being is that I changed my self-limiting beliefs. I expanded. And when you expand your mind, you expand everything. You create that black belt mind shift that I learned through karate after all these years. And um, truly, if I can uh, just add one last thing is that, you know, every person should take a martial art, not because you, you're going to go and fight. It's because I think if everybody took a martial art, there'd be less wars around the world because you realize how fruitless fighting really is. Because once you achieve black belt, you realize how uh, deadly you can be. And you create that and you go from that white belt mind lock to that black belt mind shift. That spills over into every area of your life into your business, your life, into your relationships, and it improves all of them because then you see the world in a new way. You have a new filter coming in through your life. And that's what I want for the rest of the world. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And I love what you're talking about, you know, that that mind shift and, you know, uh, what a great way to learn. Uh, and speaking about learning and mind shifts, and huh. I, I've been a personal yeah. growth enthusiast, you know, probably my whole career since since my early twenties. Mm -hmm. uh, I have just since reading wow, awesome. my very first yeah. uh, self help book in uh, in my early twenties. I was hooked, and yeah. uh, and I've I've been to seminars and read books, and it's been an amazing journey because I believe that my business will not grow. Uh, beyond the extent that I grow myself. Mm -hmm. And so in order for my business to grow, in order for my relationships to grow, I myself must grow. And so there's so so many uh, great 
uh, nuggets in books and uh, and we're we're creating quite a resource, Raja, of of books we, and of that we recommend to our audience. And so I want to ask you while you're here, mm-hmm. if you could recommend just one, and yeah. I, probably many, uh, if you could recommend just one must-read book to uh, all of our listeners here, what would you recommend? Wow, I mean, I probably read now in the past five six years probably several hundred books on, on everything from personal growth to organization to mind shifting to NLP to everything in between. And um, but one book I think kind of stands out. And for me, that book was Extreme Ownership. And that was written by two Navy SEALs that were in the, in the like, Afghan and the uh, Iraqi wars, uh, Jocko Willink and uh, Leif Erikson, I believe were the names. And um, they talked about how a lot of managers like to pass their blame when things go wrong, but they like to take the credit when things accidentally go right for them. And one of the examples that they gave is that, you know, a team is only as good as the leadership potential of the person leading that team. So there was a, uh, in SEAL training, SEAL training is, is actually like one of the most physically and mentally strenuous training. And I really empathize with it because when I was training for my black belt and then my second degree, third degree, my master's rank, fourth degree, it was grueling. I'm talking a three hour physically and emotionally, mentally challenging task meant to break you. And some of the SEAL teams, they experienced the same thing. You know, so me going through a black belt test or them going through SEAL training, they're experiencing similar ideologies of, you know, there's a team leader that has to train the team. And so there is one part of the training where they have uh, this giant uh, boats, uh, rubberized boats that they have to carry over their head. And I think it's uh, six people per boat. And I think they weigh about four or 500 pounds. So it's no joke. Uh, apparently, the worst... The worst, the slowest team kept getting punished over and over again. So for the entire training course, there was always the best team and there was always the worst team. So what they did is they changed the captains of those two teams. They flipped it from the best team to the worst team. And what they discovered was that the captain of the best team, he was a leader who inspired his team to work for them didn't punish them, didn't berate them, didn't put them down, but he was firm in how they needed to train and respond. The the captain of the worst team, that's exactly what he did. He would put them down, yell at them, insult them, tell them they stink, they, they won't ever improve, and meanwhile, expecting them to, you know, actually, you know, make some growth. But when the roles got reversed, you know what happened? That last place team, with the best captain ended up in first place <laughs> and wow. that and that worst captain that new team that used to be best they ended up somewhere in the mid pack to the bottom half because of the leadership so now these gentlemen apply it to to the corporate world they teach managers when they say oh i didn't hit hit my quarterly uh, uh, goals. Uh, our manufacturing is down. Oh, we didn't make enough uh, product this year. 
and they would come in quietly. They would listen to all the techno babble and all the and all the business jargon, and said, you, he just looked at them point blank and said, well, it's your fault. And the managers wouldn't like that because managers have, you know, some of them have egos. And instead of them acknowledging, you know what, it was my fault. We could have done something better. A lot of them say, well, that's not fair. Well, somebody was sick and somebody was on uh, medical leave or somebody was on uh, pregnancy leave or somebody was on uh, whatever. They, you know, supply chain issue. Sure, sure. There's some of that. But everybody's dealing with that at the same time. So why is it that your team did the worst? It's because of the lack of leadership, because you can't own up to your mistakes. Because, you know, if you're captain of the space shuttle, whether you land on the moon or whether you land somewhere else, uh, you know, or if you don't make it, you know, um, you know, it's not about ability, it's about responsibility. A team leader is responsible for the good and the bad every step of the way. And, you know, at the karate school, I'm the tough love teacher. As soon as I walk in the door, you know, the students say, uh-oh, the master video is here, you better pay attention. <laughs> Why is that? Because they know I don't put up with their, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the adults, they say, ooh, nice, Master Vadia's here. Why do they think that's nice? Because they love when I challenge them. So most of the younger generation, they say, uh-oh, he's here. Better watch out, you know, because I'm the tough teacher. And the adults love it because I challenge them to be more. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I think, and that one book I think that you should, everybody should read. Is that and because it'll change your life? Because as soon as you realize, you know, ninety-nine percent of what happens in your life is in your hands. I mean, I this is kind of a strange analogy, but you know, at the end of the like Wizard of Oz, spoilers, you know, Glinda tells Dorothy, you know, well, you know, you, you could have gone home all along. Your the power was yours the entire time, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm telling everybody here, the power is yours all the time. It's up to you to make a decision to win or to learn something because you don't fail. You either win or you learn something. So just start moving forward. Roger, that was amazing. And I always ask people for their words of wisdom to end the episode by, <laughs> and you just did it so naturally. Those are definitely uh, great words of wisdom. So, yeah. so thank you so much, my friend, for being here today and sharing everything uh, of course. that you that you have shared and uh, i encourage everyone listening in go and uh sign up for uh raja's speaker confidence uh the link is uh just beneath this video and in the uh show notes and uh who knows raja maybe we'll do uh even more together in the future uh we do know that there's some things coming to. up in the new year that we will let people know about but yep. uh, thank you so much for being here to our audience. Thank you as well. And look, don't let this be for nothing. Let this inspire you to take that next step. And if speaking or or leading or any of the things that we talked about here today uh, is in your journey, then use this to inspire you to take the next step. And whatever you do, never, ever give up on your big dream. Keep moving forward. And we will see you here on the next episode. Thank you, everybody. Take care. This episode is brought to you by the Collaborators Toolkit. If you're looking for better ways to grow and scale your business through collaborations and strategic partnerships, our free Collaborators Toolkit contains the best resources from our workshops, as well as contributions from our guests. 
These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday business challenges and to access highly effective ideas that can grow your business exponentially. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and our gift to you for being a valued member of our community and a subscriber to our show. You can get free instant access to the Collaborators Toolkit today by visiting our website at www.collaboratorsunite.com forward slash toolkit. That address again is www.collaboratorsunite.com slash toolkit. Register today and I'll see you on the inside.